Welcome to another episode of EG Like Sunday Morning. This week I am joined by residential editor Emma Rossa and it's just the two of us this week but Emma has so many things going on in her area of specialism that uh, fans of her ever popular Resi Talks podcast series can just view this as a bit of a bonus episode uh, as if her guest knew next to nothing about residential property. Uh, even more impressively Emma is feeling slightly under the weather uh, please all say ah uh, and she, but she has gamely agreed to do EGLSM anyway what a trooper how are you doing Emma? Hello Jess I'm all right but yes my voice is slightly different and so um, you wouldn't even know it was me maybe <laughs> someone else stepping in for me. <laughs> yeah perhaps I should have introduced you as a mystery guest but uh, <laughs> yeah guess, um, guess who it is. <laughs> <laughs> now last week sadly uh, you were unavailable to to come on to EGLSM to welcome uh, the latest in a long line of new housing secretaries, uh, Michael Gove. Uh, but this week we learned his spiffy new title. And uh, so I think it's still timely uh, to ask you how the industry is reacting um, to the Secretary of State for levelling up housing and communities. That, that catchy new title that everyone's <laughs> trying to wrap their head around. Um, it was quite exciting last week, to be honest. I had gone into the week. I know you're asking about this week, but last week was pretty mm. exciting, just to recap. Um, gone into the week expecting clarity on planning reform, actually. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 ended it with far less clarity than we than what we started off with, to be perfectly honest. Um, yeah, so, so we were kind of waiting for that and getting ready for that, trying to kind of get any sniff of that. And then suddenly the cabinet shuffle um my money was actually on generic saying which is um now seems a bit silly um, oh yeah you are you are you are at least a round of drinks to some colleagues i think i do i had thought they wanted to have consistency in planning and um and the, the many many reforms but apparently not uh so so then the, uh, yeah the follow-on from that was kind of the the uh the industry reacting and and you had the usual kind of um uh planners willing to work together build to rent willing to work together but I think some of the most interesting comments from from those who are aware of Gove and and his priorities in the past which I personally wasn't um, but we had one that we didn't include in the coverage so just a little exclusive tidbit here um, uh, Rob Whiteman who's chief ex executive of SIPFA and he's chair of um, residential secure income PLC as well as shared ownership free um, he said uh, Gove is a big hitter and radical in nature, possibly our most senior minister in decades. Reform and resources are a good thing. And that phrase of Gove being a big hitter was um, was generally um, kind of repeated across the industry. Um, he's talked a lot about social housing in the past. People are expecting that he will be able to rally back benches as well in terms of planning reform. Um, so there's been uh, a general hope that he will rock the boat maybe reform mm. the reform um, if we weren't sick of reform already. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sure that you'll you'll miss uh, Robert Jenrick a little bit. Uh, where do you think he went wrong? Was it was it a bit too much emphasis on beauty and trees? Oh god I hate when you guys ask for my opinion on things. Um, no I think the beauty in the trees has been going on for ages I'm sure that there's a well you shared with me the legislation for the tree line streets um <laughs> as part of the reform. So I, I wasn't aware of that going through. Um, I don't know, when, when Robert Jenrick started, he was incredibly popular. Um, and you see that his popularity had dropped significantly. Mm. Um, he wasn't the least popular, but he was 
I, I can't remember um, what, what ranking it was, but he was kind of the most middle of the road. No one really likes, no one really doesn't, doesn't like, dislikes him. Um, so maybe that's not the way to um, try to reform the industry. Um, I, I, it appears to be that. He um, was incredibly interesting to write about for the last two years. So I'm one of the longest standing housing secretaries, I think. Yeah. So in politics, better to be both loved and hated than just to be tolerated clearly uh, <laughs> and um, my wife is a is a teacher and uh, she uh, and her colleagues have very little good to say about uh, Michael Gove from his tenure as Secretary of State for Education so uh, fingers crossed uh, oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, he's he's more popular with real estate if, uh, once he's uh, a few months or if anyone ever gets to be years into the role which never happens um, Fingers crossed. But you and Tim, I think, this week have rounded up a bit of a, a Christmas list uh, for what real estate uh, would like to see from from Go. We did. It was. I mean, this is a sort of kind of moving from um, going from um, expecting the planning reform and the year of planning reform, and 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 actually, what we were looking at before was um, there's so much reform coming. Or this is me. It's not so much Tim. So much coming um, down the road. Just try to kind of lay out you know what are the priorities for the resi industry so that's something that I was working on and I was honestly putting the list together as the shuffle started happening so I've got that but then also we had the um uh the, the industry reactions and yeah. and what people would like to see I guess yeah. um what, what they're expected to see versus what they're like to see so um some things on the agenda whether or not the industry wants it <laughs> is um, the building safety bill, of course, has mm. been um, a big one. So that's currently what's going through um, Parliament at the moment, various amendments um, uh, and, and obviously wide reaching um, uh, impact for, for the industry, for, for development and planning as well. Um, and people living in flats currently, there's the um, RPDT, uh, yes. the Residential Property Developer Tax, um, which I'd like, to, I had tried to call the Resi Devi Levy, but that never mm. really got off. I don't um, understand why. It, 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 yeah, for me, I don't know. Some like people what? have said it to me since, but um, no, the government ha hasn't picked up on it, strangely. No. Yeah. Uh, so there's that one in the high rise levy. You can, well. just, you, can, you can just, you can see Boris using it in a speech. I know. So why has it not happened yet? I know, because what was the latest? Jabs for jobs. And I just, oh God, every time, I think. Yeah. All right, go on then. <laughs> so anyway, we've got these taxes, um, yeah. uh, and and so 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 that's all going through as well. Leasehold reform, the ground rent bill, renters reform, which has been um, uh, talked about for a long time as well. Uh, reforming tenancy law for renters and evictions, um, which uh, would have a big impact for renters and obviously landlords as well. Mm. And then so much around um, net zero climate change, hydrogen strategy, heat and building strategy, um, the environment bill, lots happening there as well, but seems to be that, that that's less immediate. So, so there's a lot of reform that, that Gove is going to, to be working working on and the industry working on and focusing on um, over the, the next couple of months. A very, very full inbox. Um, and just you're returning to that Resi Devi Levy to try and, try and get a bit of traction on that. Um, there's there's been calls this week, haven't there, to exclude um, build to rent uh, from yeah. that tax. So the I think they announced the consultation for this. Maybe it was in um, 
in February and when Robert Jenrick announced it, he said he would be making the industry pay for the mistakes of the past. Um, this tax that would be a tax on developer profits and, and aims to generate two billion um, to pay for cladding remediation. Um, so the consultation ended in July and as that was coming, I was speaking to a lot in the build to rent industry um, who were just trying to get others to respond to the consultation, to be honest, uh, saying that it's not fair that they would pay that tax. They don't generate profit in the same way. It's mm. not generated through a sale. It's a, you know, a slower long term. They continue to own the assets and they generate a rent. They, um, there's a number of reasons that they've said that it's, it's, it's unfair and it's also been called nonsensical. Um, uh, so this week, the, uh, the draft legislation came out. Um, and it's, I mean, as most legislation, basically impossible to read. Um, <laughs> for, from speaking to those in the industry, it seems that student accommodation um, will not be included, um, uh, but there's still not any clarity on build to rent. Um, and, and it wasn't specifically kind of written into the legislation either. So the thought is that this is going to come out in the next one to two weeks that there will be clarity on build to rent. Mm. So um, prior to that, uh, the BPF has continued to bang the drum um, and try to um, fight the corner for build to rent. Um, they've said, you know, they, they welcome the exclusion of uh, student accommodation, um, but they've called for obviously for, for build to rent to be um, also included or excluded. Um, what they said, the policy decisions regarding the build to rent sector's inclusion in this new tax have not yet been finalised. We continue to argue for its exemption. The build to rent sector has not contributed to the building safety problems and the attributed financial disputes between leaseholders, uh, freeholders and leaseholders, which the tax is intended to fund. So they pay for their own, um, you know, their, their own remediation. If that were the case, they would never call on that as a resource um, and they just don't generate um, profit in the same way. And a lot of them had said previously when I was talking to them that another tax just it just it just questions viability for them to be able to build. It's already an emerging sector. The numbers are already tight on that. Um, and so it's threatening to kind of prevent development um, where it's really needed. The high-rise levy that's the separate one, that would also kind of um, disproportionately affect build to rent because currently the industry, it, it tends to develop high-rise city centre. That's that's the established mm. model. So, um, yeah, a lot of challenges for the sector potentially. And on top of all that that you've been dealing with, uh, you've also been digging this week into the rise and fall of the collective. Uh, which was uh, once the world's largest co-living developer, but has now sadly plunged into administration. So um, yeah. what went wrong? What went wrong? My gosh, I, I was surprised about it. So the, last week, the um, the collective fell into administration and appointed mm. administrators from FTI Consulting. Um, the collective has been the poster child for mm. co-living um, and and you know, I think they, they started off in 2012 um, and changed so much and really trying to establish an asset class. Throughout the pandemic, everybody was saying, you know, what, what does this mean for co-living? What does this mean for co-living? Who would want to be in a small flat or small bedroom um, when you can't even use that amenity space that was supposed to be, you know, what made co-living so special and that community that made it so special? Um, but throughout that, you know, we, we continue to see the collective 
for, you know, lodging plans for new schemes. Um, uh, and, and they had not yet filed their 2020 um, financial results. So we can't see what happened then. But prior to that in 2019, um, the, the results spell out kind of a bit more of what was going on kind of behind the scenes um, uh, for the collective. Whilst I was looking at plans, you know, behind the scenes, they were racking up uh, they had additional loans short bridging loans that they were getting they talked about loss of income um that during um with occupancy affected uh, for the the two operational buildings old oak and canary wharf um development delays they had a lot of development um which is uh the most recent stuff funded by the co-live fund um the dtzi yeah that's it um <laughs> Uh, so, so there's so much going on, but 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 really struggling financially. So ultimately, to try to, you know, to fix that, they they sought for a company sale. They've been trying to raise finance. Um, they weren't able to reach an agreement with that, and so um, yeah, the, the company is now in the hands of administrators, and um, there's like to be redundancies, obviously, mm. um, and uh, to see what will happen to the assets, uh, which is an incredibly sad outcome. Um, you know, considering how pioneering the company really was. Mm. So in our rise and fall of the collective article this week, we're just looking at how the company started out, um, you know, what the aspirations were. It was only the end of 2019, did a big interview with Reza Merchant, who founded the collective and is sort of the the front man. Mm. Um, And he was saying, you know, they had a huge target. They wanted to get to 100,000 beds um, by 2025. I think there are like less than 10,000 currently so that always seems unlikely mm. I asked Reza that in um, 2019 he said what did he say he said oh um we'll probably just knock off another zero or not add another zero onto that we'll probably sit here in five years and add another zero onto that so he was just um mm. you know he the sky's the limit sort of um you know uh but obviously wasn't able to withstand the pandemic so um that throws larger questions for for anyone else who's potentially yeah. looking to go into co-living at the moment it seemed that you know what really hurt the collective was the fact that they were so exposed um with the operational assets uh, i'm sure you'll be you'll be following that that story and, and what happens to those assets and, and what lessons um, are there to be learned uh, for yeah. other developers and, and speaking of other developers we, we move from from the collective's woes um to the joy of, a, of another uh, developer uh, a new player in 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 housing um apache capital uh, so, yeah. so what does this what does it have planned apache um in may announced their second build to rent strategy um that having done so much with Moda on the city centre build to rent, they were going alone and they were going for suburban single family housing. Um, so they are looking at yeah, suburban locations, housing, net zero, carbon, working with Joe Cowan Architects. Um, in May, they announced that they were going to um, create a, a development pipeline of 1.6 billion with 3,000 homes. Uh, that was schemes they're currently immediately looking at trying to get. Um, and the aspiration that they would go much larger with that. So very exciting this week. Um, we uh, revealed the plans for their very first scheme. So lots of talk, but now we can see what they're actually planning to do. Um, and that is a 160 million single family housing rental scheme of 373 homes at 
the University of Cambridge's Eddington site, which is a massive campus. Um, with, oh, it's got um, outline planning for 3,000 homes. Um, Hill Residential are on there um, building some f- for sale. Um, it's a big part of the university. Um, and so an exciting site for, for Apache after a 12-month a 12-month procurement um, winning that site and, and bringing that scheme forward. Well, thank you very much for, for that roundup. I hope your voice is holding up. Now, I was willing to give you a, a break from the quiz this week, but I, I offered <laughs> Emma, I said, you, you know, you don't need to do the quiz, but she demanded. She demanded, she demanded to be put I to the test. anything that I haven't written, but um, <laughs> I've naively thought you might ask me some of my questions on my articles, and I think that was silly. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, uh, having written uh, and covered so much, there, can, there, there can't be very much that you haven't haven't done yourself. So let, let's see how you do on the quiz. Uh, it's a return uh, one week only to the classic format. Five questions. Let's see how you do. <laughs> Question one. Two new tube stations have opened on which line after a decade in the planning? On the northern line. And I they did have. write that story, Jess. You wally. <laughs> well, I, I, I thought it was a possible, but you know, if there's no byline in the printed magazine, yeah, um, I suppose. Oh, that was that. That I wanted to go down there, but I, I think I had an interview at the same time. Um, but I very much enjoyed a lot of people on Twitter, and it seems maybe some public sector who, I mean, everyone's feeling kind of a, a great sense of achievement as well. They should. This is a huge thing. They haven't mm. had one for. This is the first um, uh, changed, I think, this century, so in the last 20 years. Mm. Um, but yeah, people taking photos of themselves and like their kind of experience of the of the tube, which is um, quite endearing. Indeed. So yeah, so lots of lots of fun to be had at the new stations at uh, Battersea and Nine Elms. So question two: Which major firm has launched a short-term rent platform as a rival to Airbnb, and can you name what they've called it? JLL short stays. Well done. It is two out of two. You see, uh, you clearly have been reading everything. Well, they, all of these have got a resi kind of yeah, I know. connection, I know. I, haven't I, they? The JLL short stays gentle. is really interesting as well because that's uh, they're running it in loads of um, uh, like resi schemes, built to rent mm. stuff. So you've got Grey Star and I think Blackstone and, and some of those schemes. Um, so that's interesting. Indeed. Um, which London borough is fast gaining a bit of a Tinseltown reputation and now houses the largest collection of film and TV studio space in the capital? Enfield. It does indeed. You've been talking to Sam, I'm sure. <laughs> She's been going on about Enflix. I just don't think it... I, I think that's a bit of a shoehorn, to be honest. I don't think that rolls off the tongue at all. <laughs> uh, no, it's no, it's no Resi Devi Levy, is it, really? Exactly. <laughs> uh, OK, so now we have, uh, because uh, the diary page this week was dominated by uh, Michael Gove and Enflix, uh, we've actually got two missing word questions to, to round out the okay. quiz. So first missing word question. Mm-hmm. Bubble blank could green bonds pop. Bubble blank oh. could green bonds pop. Oh, I liked this headline. It was like bubble schmubble or something. It is. It is. It's schmubble. <laughs> four out of four. This is amazing. Bubble schmubble. It's uh, so strange. Was, <laughs> uh, it, it, I think I think subs have been very easy going on, on headlines this week. Uh, bubble schmubble. This is Tim's piece on the fast growing market for green bonds, uh, yep. which the bank, the international settlements has warned could be a bubble waiting to burst. And now uh, with a perfect score riding on this question. Oh, my God. It's another, it's another missing words question. Michael Gove appointed to Secretary of State for MHCLG. The phone lines of the blank were ablaze. This is from a comment oh, this okay. week. 
Is it Chatterati? Uh, it is five out of five, Emma. Well, I mean, done. come on. Amazing. This is the queen that is Jackie Sadek, though. Indeed. I could have not read that. <laughs> I, I, I suspected you probably had. So. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to get me on Mufar Ridge. Uh, I did wonder about including <laughs> Mufar Ridge. So six. I mean, that's six out of six, practically. That would have been the diary question if if, if I'd included it. So, yeah, you've read everything. <laughs> you know if everything. If I included it, that would have been a question. Yes. Have... <laughs> <laughs> uh, well done. How, how are you feeling? The, the very rare the five out of five before the format changed. I think Not this is the only time that this is ever going to happen to me. I'm enjoying it. I feel smug. I feel like I've achieved. Put um, in my and with that, <laughs> with that, with that success, you must be champing at the bit to come up, back on EG Light Sunday morning as soon as possible when you can go head to head with one of your colleagues and and um, and win. The, and win the and speak properly as well. <laughs> uh, well, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I hope you can go and rest up and gargle with honey and lemon or whatever it is people are supposed to do. Yes, I will, uh, try, it. I will try everything. And to everyone else, thank you for listening to EG Like Sunday Morning. <laughs>